I'm Kate Daniels, and I'm happy to welcome Anna Gottlieb, the Executive Director of Cancer Pathways this morning, to review with us the work this amazing nonprofit does in our community that supports all of us. It's quite likely each of us has been touched by cancer in some way, so it's good to know the kind of support that exists. Anna Gottlieb, good morning. How wonderful to welcome you once again to have an important conversation about uh, Cancer Pathways. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. Oh, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag, isn't it? It's wonderful to connect. It's wonderful to talk about these programs. On the downside, it is about cancer, which, of course, we know is just so devastating to people, their lives, their families, their their circle. But in the midst of that, Cancer Pathways is certainly this beacon of hope, as well as shining light on this and, and showing what uh, can be done in a very positive and constructive way. I, I agree. We really try to teach people how to live with cancer and, and look for the positive, and it's not a sad or depressing place at all. And and that, to that point, is the fact that there are so many incredible programs for support and to educate in terms of what ca- uh, Cancer Pathways offers. We try to offer something for everyone, for men, women, children, family members, siblings, everybody. So... Let's begin that maybe at the younger age, in part because uh, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Cancer does not discriminate at all in terms of age, very young children to to the elderly. But shining the the spotlight here on childhood cancer, um, there are a number of things. Let's start, though, with that focus and uh, Bloodworks Northwest. Okay, we are partnering with them from September 16th through 30th to encourage people to donate blood. And there's more on our website, and especially in honor of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Okay, so if if we haven't donated blood at all, ever, or it's time to do so, this would be a good time to focus on it and in a way have a, you know, a, a double whammy, you know, supporting them as well as making a difference for cancer. Because regardless of age, it's not just childhood. Having a blood supply is really critical for many forms of cancer when people are going through treatment. It is. And most people need blood. And so it's really a wonderful thing to do. And it's an easy thing to do. Yes. So mark your calendars to make that a big thing. Yes. But in terms of children, too, so summer's just kind of wound down, and you had a wonderful time, I think, with Camp Sparkle and the kids this summer. We did. We were so glad to be back in person. We had four camps in person around the region, and we had one virtual camp, which we started during covid which draws kids from all around the country. And that was really helpful. The thing that really touched me this summer with our camps is we have uh, 25 campers every week, and we have a lot of junior counselors and counselors. And what we found this summer is almost every one of our counselors was already a camper here. And it says so much that they stay connected to us, that they came back to work with the kids, to show them I've been there, 
uh, you know, I'm doing fine. It's going to be hard, but there are so many things that we can help you with. And it was really um, so wonderful to see our counselors that have grown up with us. And what a message of hope that has to be for the young children who are there, who are uh, going through their treatment, that here's someone who's already older, they survived this. So that has to be such great encouragement. And it's really encouraging for the parents to see, because when you get that diagnosis for your child, you're, you're in a different world. And to be able to talk to other parents and see these kids in their teens or at college, it's just so hopeful. That is so great. And it speaks to also the program that it obviously was impactful to them as children to come back and want to be a counselor. They know that this really works and it's really critical. Well, that was what's so touching to us is to see them come back and they're in a different place and they really work one-on-one with these kids and everybody just looks up to them so much. And And they tell me it helps them as much as it helps the kids. So here's, again, such a double win, if not even multiplied that way. Exactly. And and to watch these kids in college and still come back every summer is really amazing to us. And to have four camps this summer, is that then back to the numbers pre-COVID? Well, we had five, and we'll probably go back to five, but we had four in-person and one virtual, and the virtual was so successful drawing from kids around the country that we will continue doing that. And is, is there a limit when you do it virtually, or can, can you really actually reach so many more kids? We can from around the country. We try to keep each camp, again, at 20 or 25 kids, and we'll do more than one week if we need to. So word is just getting out about it, and we hope more and more families hear about it throughout the country. Well, that is great. And, of course, uh, with the way that we all are spread across the country with connections, uh, no doubt the word can really spread easily that way. It does. It really has been. So let's take a moment At this point, with these uh, camps that we've already established are so critically important in the children's lives and are so hopeful, and in that way, are their own kind of good medicine, right? Yes, the best. The best. So the thing is, they can't happen without funding. So I really want us to take a moment now to request those funds, request the support for Cancer Pathways to be able to provide these ongoing programs for kids, for sure, and and we'll be talking about some of the other programs as well. So how do people get involved in terms of support? They can email us at cancerpathways.org. They can call us. We have so many different programs and ways for people to participate financially with their time and talent and there's just there's something for everybody to do. Okay, so cancerpathways.org. Note that. It's, it's, yes, it's important for me to always point out that every single program we talk about is free for everybody. Not a great business model, but it works for us. Well, and the thing is, 
that there are people, of course, who maybe could afford it. But more often than not, and especially now in the times that we find ourselves in, these costs can be such a challenge that that parents might not be able to afford to send their child to a camp for that reason. You know, that's really true. Camps are really expensive. Feeding the kids, it's really a lot to ask. And when you get cancer in your family, it turns everything upside down. And finances are a huge part of what is happening. So all of that we need to remember as we hear about these programs. Everything is without any charge, no fees involved. That is correct. So moving on, actually, in terms of age, another program that ended, well, earlier because it was more springtime, uh, was for the youth, and that was the Cancer Unwrapped Essay Contest. That has been a wonderful thing that we started many years ago, and we asked teens, high school kids, to write in about any cancer experience, their own, their families, their friends, and we were, we've been astounded. Over the years now, we've collected over 7,500 essays from around the country. See, here again, we're talking about that it's nationwide. It's not just a local program. It used to be local, and we got started getting so many essays and so many inquiries from other states that we said, let's try going national, and we did a few years ago. And we actually have gotten essays from every single state. Isn't that just amazing? Again, I believe that really speaks to how critically important this is in people's lives. It really is. And those essays have been eye-opening for us. Some kids have never talked about this before. The parents had no idea what they were thinking. It has opened up such a dialogue in families when kids write about it. And some of these essays are phenomenal. They're also on our website. People can read. We usually have about 20 winners every year, and we give out cash for a prize. And these kids are so eloquent, talking about either their own cancer. Many have lost a parent at a very young age, and they write about it just beautifully. And having had the honor uh, and the privilege of being able to participate in the program and reading the essays, I am just so astounded at the wisdom, the insight at such a young age that cancer is really a, a cruel educator. It really surprised us how deep it goes. And, you know, a lot of time with teenagers, you ask, how are you doing? And everyone just says, fine, because they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be that kid. But when they start writing about it, it opens up a floodgate. And really, I think everybody should read doctors, teachers, uh, friends, because you really get so much insight about what these kids are going through. Yes, they're not just uh, all about superficiality and and hanging out and, and, yeah, just wasting time. This, This really shows so much depth. Yes. And it continues in terms of education because Cancer Happens is a really incredible program that Cancer Pathways provides to uh, educators, to high school uh, students and teachers in the area. And that's another program that has really surprised us. Many years ago, about 18 years ago, we got a call from a teacher, can we come to the school and talk to the class because there was a cancer diagnosis in that class. 
And we did, and we were just astounded at how many questions these kids had about cancer and what they wanted to know. So we wrote a school curriculum, and we started going out to high schools, and we have to this date talked to over 113,000 kids throughout the state of Washington. Wow. Yeah, that number sounds us too, but we have about a 99% retention from all the high schools. They want us to come back every year, every semester. We have about a 50-minute program that we present. The questions we get are phenomenal. We really talk about cancers that affect teenagers and young adults, like lung cancer. We talk about vaping. We talk about the HPV vaccine. We talk about sunning and skin cancer. So we cover everything that young kids really need to be aware of. We're hoping we can provide a little risk reduction to these kids. And, you know, vaping's a huge issue in the high schools now. There's a lot of misinformation, and we try to present the facts to them. We tell them how important the HPV vaccine is, how important it is not to go to tanning salons and watch your skin. We also talk about nutrition and And one of the most helpful things, we talk about communications, how to talk to somebody with cancer, how to help somebody with cancer. Uh, That could be just a a curriculum all in its own for a year. It really is. And we go in and we first ask the kids, how many of you know somebody with cancer? And I think it's 93% of the kids raise their hands, which is amazing. That is because if I think back to my youth, to my childhood, I can think of one person, one youth who had cancer in all those years of school. Right. And I think we didn't talk about it. If your parents yes. had cancer, we didn't talk about it. And so now it's more in the open, thank goodness. And kids do want to learn more about cancer, how they can reduce their risk of getting cancer or how to talk to a parent or a a sibling or a friend in your classroom. Exactly. That communication is another part of good medicine, I think, being able to to talk about these things rather than letting them well up inside and they're all that can be like a cancer of its own. It is and teenagers are reluctant to talk anyways and a lot of times we ask them how you're doing and they say fine and they're really not fine but they don't want to go into it and so we thought writing might be a good outlet. We had no idea how many essays we would get. Yes, that again, this underscores how Cancer Pathways is doing such phenomenal work in our community, and it's all without any kind of price tag to anyone involved. That is correct. And and we can also get these kids to go further. We have them join support groups that we have. And, you know, they can do, we have a teen ambassador program, and they can come be a counselor at summer camp. So there's so many outlets to go further than that one presentation. Right. And think of the that education in itself, the leadership and the skills that they learn about communication and about organization. This is, again, something that you can't really learn from a book or, or be taught very well, but to experience it, that's incredible. And we hope to provide them toolkits for the rest of their lives on how to deal with any illness, including cancer. So phenomenal. So 
you just mentioned the support groups, Anna. And of course, during COVID, all of that needed to go uh, online. It was all happening virtually. Is any of it happening in person now? We talk about it all the time, but because we're such a vulnerable population, we really want to tread lightly and see how it goes. We might, we did survey our groups and a lot of them liked online. And the truth is, you can participate more online. You don't have the traffic. You don't have the parking issues if you don't feel well. So these groups have really, we've expanded all of our groups and add a lot more groups because people can get to them. But I know that people want to be together. So we are going to look at some kind of hybrid situation this year. Ah, and all of those pieces of what you just shared are so critical when we think about being vulnerable, that uh, as someone going through treatment, having to be so careful about any kind of uh, infection that might be around, because even with vaccines, some of us who are basically healthy have still caught COVID. It's true. And I think if you're diagnosed with cancer, it changes so much and you're, you're super careful and you stay in more. And I think that's why these virtual support groups are so important. We also added podcasts this year to talk about all sorts of cancer issues. We've done 12 podcasts already and people can get them on Spotify, Apple, or Google. And they're all about cancer. We have experts and survivors and we talk about research and we just share and do supportive kinds of podcasts everything that is going to make life a little bit easier for a person either dealing with cancer personally or like themselves or with a family member or friend. This is all just additional layers of help and support and information. It really is. And we try to meet people where they are. Some people don't want support groups, but they'll listen to a podcast. And so we try a lot of different things to keep people engaged and to give them support. You know, as I think about Cancer Pathways and what you are doing, Anna, and how programs have come along, I I think that you are just so tuned into what is happening and you respond to it and create new programs for it. I, I just think this is such... Cancer Pathways is such a great model for how we would want that flexibility and growth to happen anywhere in our world. And I agree. You know, we look at unmet needs and we try to go there because there's so many unmet needs in the cancer arena. And we don't want to duplicate any programs. We try to partner with a lot of people. But we really found that youth is really an unmet need in the cancer world, which is why we started the camps and the high school program in the writing contest. So let's mention, once again, a way to be a support and an encouragement to Cancer Pathways by donating of your time or treasure. And how can we make that uh, available, Anna? From cancerpathways.org. And I like the way you said that. We always say everything is free, and then we remind people that free is very expensive. Well, and it's true. Uh, We don't want the barriers. When someone is facing a a health concern, a major health issue, to say, well, I'm sorry, you know, we can't do anything for you. Uh, How tragic is that? And financial issues are one of the biggest barriers. And 
than health, and we don't want to put one more thing on top of it. And so we are committed to staying free for all of our programs. So uh, that's right, then. Free is not really free. Right. But there are those of us who then see the value, and we are able to support that. Maybe we just say are thankful that we haven't been touched it personally in yet, uh, but maybe we have been and we want to just support others so that they have that level of a little more ease and comfort. That's exactly right. And that's what we hope to keep doing and growing. And yes, because sadly, cancer keeps happening. It keeps growing. It really does. And cancer doesn't discriminate and everybody is vulnerable. Exactly. So in terms of uh, another program, this is actually an event that's coming up next month in October and showcases both the, the wonderful results, but also, again, the support that's needed. And that's your big fashion show and gala. It is. It's one of our favorite events. This is actually our 25th year doing this event, which I can't believe. But we have a cancer survivor fashion show. We have 25 new models every year, this year from ages 3 to 80. And we, they write their bios, and when they walk the runway, it's the most triumphant thing they've done since they've been diagnosed with cancer. The, the comments we get from these models are unbelievable. We dress them, we pamper them, we do their hair and makeup. They just feel wonderful, and they bond together so well, and we cover every cancer and every age, and you cry and you laugh and you cheer for the models. It's just a wonderful event. And 25 years, or this will be the 25th. Wow. It will be our 25th year. And one of the highlights for me is we have a model coming who was the very first model from the first year. She was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. She's doing fantastic, and she's going to be talking about her story. So there again, yes. you know, showcasing where there is that hope that uh, cancer can be conquered, uh, but it takes so much to to get to that place. It does, and that's why we call it surviving with style. Nobody's had an easy time of it, but walking that runway, they are thrilled. So details about that, because it's uh, it's just over a month away, amazing, uh, October, uh, but it will be in downtown Seattle at the Westin. Correct. It's at the Westin. It's October 22nd, and you can get tickets and sponsorships all on our website at cancerpathways.org. We try to have, we usually have about 600 people in the room, so it's really a joyous evening. Isn't that great? So uh, tickets can be purchased online. And, of course, let's mention the website again then. Yes, cancerpathways.org. And this is one of the reasons and the ways we can keep everything free. Right. So it will, as you mentioned, this will be a, a night to remember because it is so stunning to have 25 models and thinking about the age range, age three. We were talking about childhood cancer, but yes. and here's a survivor, age three, up there on the stage. And we have about five or six kids. They steal the show, but everybody's wonderful, and they are so resilient, and they're 
parents are thrilled to watch them walk the runway. It just means so much to everybody for the kids and the adults. And then at age 80, of course, cancer diagnoses can come later in life, but still at 80 to to be there on stage and modeling and feeling so full of life. And she can't wait. We had a 90-year-old one year, and we asked her, how does she do it? And she said, well, I take a drink of vodka before <laughs> everything. So her lessons for life were wonderful. You learn so much from them, and the lessons they can teach us are just huge. So here's a way again that we can see how Cancer Pathways is such a beacon in our community for so many people, uh, you know, reaching so many youth, 113,000. Have you kept track of just in, in terms of people in general over the years, Anna, that you have been able to reach with the programs? We have, and, and we've reached over a half a million people in 25 years, and Shut we've got a long way to go. Yes, we, we know that uh, that pathway is is still wide open, and these diagnoses are, are continuing to happen, and it just just regular living in our, in our world can uh, bring on cancer, but hear the education, as you were mentioning specifically uh, with the high school programs, mentioning how vaping, the misinformation, people think, yeah. oh, vaping is a good way to get away from cigarettes because they're the things that are deathly to us. Right. But no, vaping is right there. It is. And, and that's the one thing that's so important to us is prevention needs to start really young. And we're now working on a program to even go into the middle schools to start talking about it, because that is prevention. Yes. And sadly, even at middle school age, some of the children get involved with cigarettes, but also with vaping. They do. And there's a lot of misinformation about HPV, and there's a lot of misinformation about sunning and, and skin cancer. And we want these kids to learn as early as possible and often what can really help them in life. And let's just mention the skin cancer because we might think, oh, well, summer's gone. Uh, Here we are in Seattle and it's already gray and dreary. And the thing is, though, as skin cancer, the sun's rays are still an impact on us regardless of the season. It's interesting you say that because that's one thing we've learned is Cancer, skin cancer, melanomas are very high in the state, and we don't have the sun that you that people think we do, and we still get a lot of diagnosis of, of melanoma here. And there are ways to help it and ways to avoid things, and obviously we can't stop cancer, but we can certainly educate people on things they can be doing. Yes, so again, here are some great ways that, again, there are the educational programs. Anna, you mentioned the podcasts. So much of this is covered in the podcasts, and we can listen to that at our leisure because they just survive on the website for forever, really. They do, and it's just another way to reach more people and to have a bigger impact for us. Exactly. Well, we have certainly covered a fair bit of territory about who and what Cancer Pathways does. Anna, can you think of anything else that we should include? 
we really just want people to know that we're here. We offer many, many services, and don't offer something that you need, tell us, and we will make sure we do. And I think we've heard how that happens because you're so responsive. We really want to be where people are, and we want to meet them when there are, and there's so many different needs when you're diagnosed with cancer. Education is huge. Support is huge. Any kind of financial help we can lead them towards is big, and so we really try to cover all everything that's needed. And so just to repeat once again, the website, because that's where it's just filled with all this information and you can find what you need there. That, that website is cancerpathways.org. So visit that to get the information. And also if you can volunteer, you can find out about that. And if you're able to support financially these programs as we've heard are vast there's so many and uh, while they're free to the people needing them they are not free to put on so let's be really good community members and supporters and push that donate button i agree (laughs) well anna gottlieb it's so wonderful to be able to speak with you again uh even when it's about cancer, but it is always this hopeful side of it, so much that we can do that's going to make a difference. And uh, I do appreciate all that you do and that you've taken time with us this morning. Hey, we so appreciate your support and helping us get the word out to be able to help more people. I'm always here willing to do that. Thank you so much.